God. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of another film podcast. My name is Tierney. My name is Colin. And I'm Matt. Oh, oh. what? Yeah. Hi. I was trying a character this week. Yeah, well. Because of the Dune, s- the Dune trailer. Send it back. Yeah, we I didn't like it. that character. <laughs> <laughs> which which he has secrets i was gonna say we're gonna talk about also, the dune trailer like, later but like which character from the dune trailer were you trying to be or were you just trying to be like a new character that just happens to exist in the <sighs> world of dune i was either baron harkonnen uh played by stellan skarsgård or i was the veiled lady that says pain okay did you know, know that in australia a duvet is called a duner <laughs> Matt's gonna spit coffee all over his computer. <laughs> what? That's my contribution to this conversation. A dune. I've never heard that. I hadn't either, but then when I was there, I got in the habit of calling it that, and it's actually really fun to say. To when I come, even here, I'm like a duner. I still mostly say duvet, but sometimes. I like to put on a little hat. Oh my god, that was incredible. <laughs> is, it because, is it because when you lay it out, it looks like a dune? Like a sand dune of whatever color duvet it is? I think it's that they prefer to say things in the fewest amount of syllables. And with the least effort. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. And do they do they say it, duna? Yeah. <laughs> Pass me the duna. Whoa. <laughs> And okay. <laughs> that was aggressive. <laughs> so this week uh we watched the movie Bottle Rocket by Wes Anderson. Uh yeah, so this was my selection and a uh, little peek behind the curtain. Uh Ooh. We What's via, behind it? Via text message earlier this week, we found oh. out that Tierney doesn't really like this movie that much. (laughs) And so when I was sending the invite for our Zoom call, I titled the subject Best Anderson, and neither of you responded. (laughs) I was very upset. Uh, So yeah, this was my selection. Um, Obviously, I love Wes Anderson, but for whatever reason, this was one, his only movie that I'd never seen. Um, So... I so we watched it and I actually liked it. Um, like we can talk obviously more about it, but um, it's not his best movie. Um, I just sent that email to get a reaction and then didn't get one, so I was severely disappointed. But uh, well, I was very late, so I was trying to just to get into the meeting before comedy. I saw it and then went, Ugh. but I did that in real life and not just on yeah, the, not on not the podcast. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I will, uh, I, as I've done in the past, I will give you my Wes Anderson rankings. Oh, what? (laughs) Oh, you're just like nervous about where I put this one? (laughs) I just know that I'm not going to like these rankings. Oh. (laughs) What? Well, okay, so. Almost none of your rankings I, I agree with. So I always Either that or you're just like. I've never seen any of these movies. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's one of, of the two. You're like, yeah. I, I disagree with these rankings and or what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, so we mentioned this a little bit on our uh, Royal Tenenbaums episode, but uh, my top three, Royal Tenenbaums, Moonrise Kingdom, and Fantastic Mr. Fox would be my top three. And then um, Grand Budapest Hotel, Rushmore, Bottle Rocket, Life Aquatic, Darjeeling Limited, and Isle of Dogs. Boom. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> Terry's blown away. The first blown three, back. I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. That, okay, like, different order, but still top four. And then it was just, like, slapping me across <laughs> the face. <laughs> just agent of chaos everywhere. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's that's what I'm working with. Uh, feel free, come at come at me, bro. Come at me, bro. <laughs> um, or, I literally or, have... or don't come at me and just talk about whatever else you want to talk about. <laughs> I can show you guys the the my notes here because I have one bullet point with no text after it. Oh, I have no notes for this movie. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, it's a perfect movie. Know? No notes. Yeah, it, it's more that like I don't know where to begin, and I was watching it last night, and I kept falling asleep. <laughs> oh. Nailed it. It just doesn't do it for me. 
Like nothing. I'm just I like think... this is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I mean, yeah. I think it is the least like well structured of Wes Anderson's movies, mm-hmm. where like everything else feels like it has such like a specific chapter structure or like rhythm or stakes and this one like it's very hard to figure out what they're doing at any point of you're like what heist is this and like what is the goal of this job or like why are they doing this um we can get more into that stuff uh after we'd say our uh our approach to this movie but i had seen this i think in college like probably towards the end of college and remember, and also remembered nothing. I like remember <laughs> remembered the beginning, and the end, and remembered none of the middle. Like all of the Inez storyline, totally forgot. Did not remember it. Um, that's to say, rewatching it, I was like, oh, this is pretty funny. Um, yeah. And there are some jokes that I thought were pretty clever. There's definitely hints at Wes Anderson's <coughs> uh, style mm-hmm. since this was his first feature. Um, but I also remember I watched this and, like, Following by Christopher Nolan and Pie by Darren Aronofsky. Oh. And, like, a lot of other first features around the same time. And I remember being, like, underwhelmed across the board by first features of these directors. Where I was just like, yeah, I guess this is what you could do at the time. Um, so that's kind of what I feel about this, too, is, like, it looks the least like Wes Anderson's movies. Uh, it's, like, the least pretty besides Isle of Dogs, which is, like, kind of an ugly... <laughs> movie um but it's just like kind of drab where that's not i think where wes anderson thrives and so i would probably rank this at the bottom maybe just above isle of dogs uh but definitely it's not one that i've rewatched multiple times and probably won't i unfortunately have seen it i think now three times (laughs) (laughs) and Um, every time i've been other than like finding out where he come like where his stuff comes from because there is like the cinematography is like similar it gets more fanciful as he goes yeah. on but you do have like the pans and the zooms um and other like the cinematography for the movie is nice and i do like that i think it's more of what you said matt where like the story is underwhelming and i just don't care for anyone in the movie except for Inez (laughs) like everyone else I'm just like I don't I don't care for you like you feel I like Anthony at first but then it's like he can be a bit of a dick as well yeah and so I'm like I don't know so I do want (laughs) to just like quickly put out there that like these rankings are not like what are his best movies like these are just like my personal like if i were going to like more or less like how much i enjoy watching them and like yeah this movie is not his best movie not even by a long shot but i enjoyed it like it it was fun to watch uh for all the reasons that you guys mentioned like um it's very like you can tell it's his earliest film but you can also tell that a lot of his style is there from the beginning. Not as much of his style as we get later, but, like, it's it's pretty clear, like, that he has a pretty distinct voice from Jump. Um, More so than I, many of the other first, like, uh, yeah. movie of, you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> <laughs> like, if you look at this compared to, like, was Insomnia was Christopher Nolan's first movie? So it wasn't his first, no. but it was, like, oh. early on. Oh. Insomnia was his third, I think. Because I yeah. think it went following and then Memento and then Insomnia, I think. But, like, yeah. to your point, I mean, it's still, like, first or, like, early on. Um, but, like, you, you can tell that, yes, this is his first movie, but he definitely has, like, a singular, like, vision. And he has, mm-hmm. like, a, a, a style um, that you can tell right away. And, yes, it, it's going to be perfected in later movies, but it's fun to, to, like you said, see where he comes from. Um, like, when you rewatch it and kind of go back and be like, oh, yeah, I get where he gets this. Um, but I thought it was just, like, a pretty, like, simple movie that was very short. And uh, I was just like, yeah, this is just, like, some light entertainment. I uh-huh. have not rewatched Darjeeling Limited since it was in theaters. Uh, oh. <clears throat> which I feel like I do need to do. Um but I remember seeing it in theaters and just being like, that was kind of boring. And I didn't really think it was that funny. 
and just like eh. Um, so that's why like I would put in these rankings, I would put Bottle Rocket above Darjeeling just because on first watch I was like, yeah, this was like fun enough and like it was a nice like a little escape for you know the ninety minutes. Now, having said that. <clears throat> Um, we did watch the Bottle Rocket short um, in our original iteration of the film festival at our apartment. Oh, yeah. We did, we did have like a, yeah, we had like a little shorts program. We watched Bottle Rocket. We watched Short Term 12. We watched uh, the McDonough one that you really like that Six I can't remember shooter. the name of. Yeah, that one. So we did oh, watch yeah. like a few shorts um, in our original one. This movie is definitely better served as a short film. Like, yeah. there's no reason for this movie to be 90 minutes, and thank God it's not any longer than that, because, like, it's... Did we also watch the Taika movie? <clears throat> Two Cars, One Night? No. I don't think okay. so. We if, should, I mean... If, if we want to talk about shorts, shorts and, and movie debuts that are <clears throat> top-notch... Yeah. Well, and I think, Taika. like... I think it's a it's a little bit of a bummer that like he chose to make his first movie Wes Anderson that is mm-hmm. like just a longer version of the thing that was already really good because I actually really enjoyed the short of Bottle Rocket and I think that like mm-hmm. for what it is a fifteen to twenty minute version of the story is about all you need and if so I I, I feel like it, it's a bummer that he was like all right so for my first movie I'm just gonna remake that but make it slightly longer and make it slightly less good. If Whereas, you like, at, if his first movie sorry. was Rushmore, it'd be like, oh, fuck yeah, you know. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, if you, if you look at directors who um, had a successful short, mm-hmm. um, a lot of them do redo it. But yeah. there two instances I'm thinking of is with Taika, he redid his In the Form of Boy, which was his third movie, I think, yeah. or second movie. Mm. And then Paul Thomas Anderson redid his short as Boogie Nights. Which was his yeah. second movie, and so I think yeah. that like waiting a little bit works for them. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, can you imagine if this came after Rushmore? Oh, oh yeah. Like, what a what a waste that would have been to be like, whoa, Rushmore, what is this? And then to see this and be like, what? yeah. So like, I almost think it's good to that he got it out of his system early because like we're like we're saying, there's just not a lot of narrative mm-hmm. yeah. here, and it feels like. Oh, here's a story. Here's a different story with new, with like a different location and characters that is unrelated mostly to what we're gonna keep watching. Um, and I think it was, if we're gonna make Bottle Rocket, do it from go, get it out of your system, and then move on to like more stylized Wes Anderson that we're used to. Yeah, I agree. Like, <clears throat> I I just I, I think that's more just a commentary. I understand that it's a thing that happens. Like, I get mm-hmm. that. Like filmmakers don't have a lot of money when they're first starting out so they make a short film that's more or less proof of concept and then they get money to actually like make the concept so like i understand that that's just like kind of how the business works or at least in terms of like indie filmmakers it's just i wish that we i wish that it was different where it's just like you make your short film as like a proof of like here's what i'm capable of doing Mm -hmm. now give me money to do something else as opposed to now give me money to make a slightly watered down version of this thing um but i mean it is what it is and like like you said matt if if we're going to live in a world where there is a feature length version of bottle rocket i'm very glad that it was the first thing he did and he just kind of was able to like figure some shit out because from here in terms of like quality of film it's definitely like an upward trajectory mostly throughout i think it kind of ebbs and flows a little bit but um i was gonna say it sounds like you'd prefer that bottle rocket was his last movie (laughs) well no i like i said my my rankings are based on like enjoyment of watching and i did not enjoy watching isle of dogs at all barely (laughs) even a little bit so like that will be at the bottom basically every time and like hopefully french dispatch doesn't suck but like i would i would I like for isle of dogs to be my last my like bottom tier wes anderson from here on out yeah i think darjeeling definitely requires a rewatch because when i rewatched it i was it was like a few years ago and i watched it with my friend mishu who loves darjeeling limited and i was like okay so like what is what is the va- like what is so good about this that it's I didn't beautiful. notice the first time? It's a beautiful movie mm-hmm. and it's the it's on the spectrum of Wes Anderson 
from funny to melancholy. Bottle Rocket's funny. Like, it's not dealing with a lot of melancholy shit at all. Yeah. It's just, like, these dumb guys doing low-stakes crime, and the plans are dumb. And the other end is Darjeeling Limited, which I don't think there's another movie that he made that's, like, sadder or darker or, like, less fun. Mm -hmm. It's, like, very much about, like, family trauma and, like, trying to stick together as a family when everyone is, like, at different Mm -hmm. places in their lives. And that's, like, it. There's, like, not a lot of fun, whimsical, like, typical Wes Anderson. It's funny. There's lines. Yeah. But it definitely is... I remember seeing it and being like, I don't get this. Like, I'm not having fun. <laughs> and then rewatching it, it's just like, this is a drama. It's not supposed to be that funny. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, this, this actually has a lot of really heartbreaking moments in it that, like, as uh, that approach, I was like, this is pretty powerful in what Darjeeling Limited is. Yeah. But if you've only seen it once, it definitely does not feel like a good Wes Anderson movie because it feels so different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would I would encourage you to rewatch it because I think it's... It's been on my better. list to rewatch for a while and I just, like, never get around to it. Partially because that first time I watched it, I was so, like, yeah. meh on it. Um, like, I was able to be like, yes, this is a well-made movie, but it wasn't something that I was like, oh, I really want to go back to this. So, yeah, it's been on my list for a while. I'll probably get to it at some point, but... But yeah, who knows? Back to Bottle Rocket. <laughs> but anyway, the movie um, at hand. <laughs> yeah, I think I think my biggest problem with it, and as much as Owen Wilson is charming and like funny, and his delivery is great, I love when he's like, uh, "Anthony, Anthony, he stole his car," and it's like the guy just took his own car yeah. back to town. <laughs> but he's like, "Anthony." Anthony and he's like running back and forth in the hotel. <laughs> he's very funny, but I think Dignan is maybe the most frustrating and most annoying Wes Anderson character of all. Yep. Uh yeah. with super like, annoying. <laughs> and like I have problems with like Tigger and Kramer and characters like that where you're just like stop it. You're so annoying. <laughs> like how do you not see how annoying you are? Um, and I feel like Dignan is the same way. And the, I think the moment that I really was like, I don't like this character, is when he swipes uh, across uh, Anthony's face with a screwdriver. Yeah. I was like, this guy's psychotic. Like, this guy is not his friend. Like, a friend fucking doesn't do that. And so I think, like, it's really hard to care about their plans when they're so hinged on Dignan feeling successful or like his plan went well or like he's smart when it's like a stupid plan he like ends up getting his friends hurt because of it he like is just useless and anthony i think you can be like like in the beginning when they're like you know you can't help everybody like you're nice but you can't just go along with what everyone wants you gotta like stick up for yourself you're gonna get exhausted again um, and I think Anthony is easier to follow and easier to, like, enjoy being with. Mm-hmm. But Dignan is so awful, dumb. And he doesn't <laughs> yeah. learn. Like, yeah. he got conned and his friend got everything stolen from him and he doesn't care. And he yeah. wants, and it's just like, oh, it's so frustrating to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, so, I agree. I think, like. Owen Wilson does a good job in the role, but the character is just, like, not that interesting. Yeah. Um, just I, a shithead. I will yeah. say I was, like, very pleasantly surprised with Luke Wilson because I feel like Luke Wilson is always... Um, like, he just always is, like, a supporting role, and he's always just, like, fairly toned down, which he's not not toned down in this movie, especially since he's playing off of, like, the dialed-up-to-eleven Owen Wilson character. But, like, it was fun to see Luke Wilson be kind of, like, a charming leading man, um, which is something that you don't really get to see from him very often. So, like, I thought that was, like, a fun, a fun thing that this movie provided. And it's, like, yeah. kind of a bummer that this movie came out 25 years ago, and this was really, like, the only not like 
I don't know. I just, and maybe I'm not thinking of anything, but I like all the ones that come to mind for Luke Wilson are just like pretty subdued and supporting roles, and it's just kind I of mean, a bummer. My super ex girlfriend. That's a movie. <laughs> With Uma Thurman, I and he gets he has sex in the sky. I don't have anything to say to that. <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> I've also never seen that movie clearly, and uh, it sounds just, like something I'm not going to go back to. <laughs> I just know the cover is Uma Thurman in heels stomping on a car, and the car is like crushed underneath her because she's so strong. And Luke Wilson's like, whoa. <laughs> on the cover. That's all I remember. Cool. <laughs> but that's a lead. He had a lead performance. I know. It, yeah. I do. I, I'm I mean, not saying that he's not a lead ever. I'm just saying like that's not what you typically think of. It's also interesting because Luke and Owen have gone on to have careers in acting, but their other brother is in this movie, and he's probably the, like, Owen Wilson's pretty good as Dignan, but their other brother plays Future Man, and he's great as Future Man, and it's like, I wonder why he he hasn't been in, like, anything other than, he was in Royal Tenenbaums as Margot's biological father, and then he was... I oh. think one of the coaches in Fantastic Mr. Fox for that game. But other than that, he's like never had an acting career, but I think he's better than Luke Wilson. That's <laughs> my hot take. Whoa. <laughs> he's hot. I didn't know that was the Wilson. I thought it was the other guy. But he's the best like, looking out of all three of them. Easy. It's wild that they all look not like brothers. Yeah. But, like, have similar qualities and, like, oh, if you look close enough at their eyes and the way their eyebrows are shaped, they're similar. But, like, side by side, they don't look like brothers. They look like friends. They look like people that are in the same town. Especially and, like, resemble each- Owen Wilson looks nothing like the other two. Whereas, like, the other two, they have more similarities, yeah. but he's just, like, like the blonde sheep. Yeah. yeah. I also think Luke Wilson's very hot. I've always been attracted to Luke Wilson, and I think, like, this movie does him favors. I was going to say, he looks very good in this movie. He's hot. <laughs> and he has his Royal Tenenbaums hair still. Like, a, that long Dutch it's, boy. I would say, it's not quite Royal Tenenbaums length, um, but... But it's a start. It's a, yeah, I was going to say, he probably just kept growing it out and then made Royal Tenenbaums a year later, so... Yeah, I also just find Luke Wilson very... I think that's the interesting energy, too, of Bottle Rocket, is that Luke Wilson is basically affable, nice guy. Mm -hmm. Like, that's always his M.O. Yeah. And even in Royal Tenenbaums, Owen Wilson is this, like, psycho. Like, a crazy... Like, also, like, doesn't realize how crazy he is and, like, doesn't let on and is just, like, very confident in how... Uh, like stupid he is which is a very funny character to play and i think he does it really well but it's funny that like luke wilson never has that manic energy yeah and owen wilson always is able to go to like what what are you talking about ah like his texas accent is so strong in this movie compared to what it is now are they all from Texas? Is Wes Anderson from Texas? Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe so, yeah. I think they were all, like, friends and decided to make a movie. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's very sweet that they all came up together. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, this. it looks like this was filmed in Texas. It is, yeah. So. It looks like Texas. <laughs> Which is all, yeah, it's also, like, I find the landscape of Texas quite boring and so like <laughs> except for no country for old men i think is interesting you know my feelings i was gonna say let's not get started another movie i've seen one time that, that the landscape of that movie you might not like the movie but the way that it i mean looks, looks perilous i think the landscape of texas in no country for old men suggests hell and i think that's on purpose <laughs> Like, there's no point in No Country for Old Men where I, I'm like, I would love to be on the run in this landscape. Like, if it was in the Pacific Northwest and they were, like, running through forests, I'd be like, damn, these forests are nice and lush. But, like, running across <laughs> a desert, I, I was like, no thank you. I don't want to be there. I don't want to be in, with those, like, scraggly little trees. I just hate Texas trees. Let it be known on this podcast once and for all. I hate Texas trees. 
<laughs> They're the weakest little pieces of shit. <laughs> Damn. It's like get some water and grow a little. So weird that you have it's such strong desert. feelings about this. <laughs> So basically what Matt is saying is that he finds deserts perilous and would not want to be on the run in one, which is fair. They don't want us there. (laughs) They do everything in their power to keep us out. They're like, there's no water here. We have many, many things that will sting and bite you that will kill you. Our plants are thorny. There's few of those. That's not just Uh, Texas, though. That's like Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, California. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I know. I agree. Nevada, Utah. Move out. Everyone from those states should move up. Get out of the desert. Jesus. Apparently, the, like, Phoenix gets their water from Los Angeles. Yeah, or from uh, Colorado River. And they just pump it down. Well, I mean, what was the Colorado River? Oh, no. I don't know anything about uh, climate change. (laughs) (laughs) The Colorado River used to dump into a lake. No, it used to dump into the ocean. It used to reach the ocean. It doesn't reach the ocean anymore. And part of that was dams, I believe. And so then it went to a lake, and that lake is completely dry, and it's slowly retreating. And that it's, like, not as wide as it used to be and much narrower. So they're about to run out of water. Would it help if we all went to the Colorado River and dumped all the water bottles into it? Only if you but, left the plastic and also in the river. Well, can we use it as a dam? I just have a quick follow-up. That's the problem. Uh, when, <laughs> you, <laughs> when you say all the water bottles, do you mean literally all of the water bottles in the world that we're just going to cart down to yes. Arizona and just start one by one dumping them into the Colorado River? Yeah. Okay. Like a truck full of skids of Evian and Ice Mountain. <laughs> truck that truck on down to the Colorado River. And on a on a Saturday, we'll all just We'll go. all just meet a up Saturday. there. Saturday. What's interesting is I wonder how many of those water bottles come from, like, the Rocky Mountains. So, technically, they're taking right. from the Colorado River. Yeah. Right? Return it. Just Return it to whence it came. From whence it came. People in Phoenix need their water from the Colorado River again. And that's the only reason to heal Speaking this of other bottles. dying ecosystem. Oh, oh. fuck. Anyway, Texas sucks. Uh, and... So I was going to say, I agree that this movie does not n- look like nearly as pretty as subsequent Wes Anderson films. But knowing that this was filmed in Texas, it actually didn't look as bad as I was expecting it to look. Like, I'm mostly on the same page as you, Matt, when it comes to like Texas landscape geography in that I- I'm out. Um, but like, there were a couple scenes where they were like, um, you know, they were in a field and it was like, oh, there's some greenery here. That's nice. Cause yeah, I feel like I associate Texas with just like gross, dead nothingness. Mm-hmm. Oh, looks like we lost Tierney. I'm going to keep recording just in case. Yeah. We're just going <laughs> to keep going. Um, <laughs> yeah. She didn't and like I this think... movie anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> Maybe she just like quote unquote had connection problems but she was just like I'm over this movie. <laughs> yeah. She just texted keep going rejoining. And we can keep all of this. I think this, this is gold. This I was going to say this. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to say about oh I thought the hotel was a really cool location. Yeah. I thought like they found a cool hotel that fit the Wes Anderson like necessary it's like super colorful very like straight lined uh, face like a golf course it looked like yeah. it's just like a green grass flat plain I think that was like, just that, like a that's field not natural. <laughs> I mean is that natural in Texas though yeah does grass live in Texas yeah, yeah. whatever um, but <laughs> can I ask it was a cool hotel. about the hotel yeah. stuff uh, some of it was very distressing to me because I hate <laughs> hotels and oh, so things okay. like what? them walking barefoot in hotel rooms Oh like yeah! Touching that blue blanket with their bare skin, I was like, <laughs> "What? <laughs> so gross! What? This should not surprise you, Matt. Come on. I get. I love hotels. I know hotels you do. Hotels are like one of my. I just love them. You probably also love <laughs> if, cruise ships. I've never been on one, but I'm sure I would like it. Though I do like my space in my hotel room. I like a good spacious hotel room. 
with rooms and angles. Would you? And I don't want a closet. Would you go on a cruise at some point in the future? Yeah. Okay. It's just too expensive. Where I'm not like the difference. Well, I mean, it's like a thousand bucks to be all inclusive, right? I I've never been on. I don't know. You're talking to someone who's avoided them at all. They're costs. expensive as fuck. Then. <laughs> oh no! You guys froze again. Oh, hey, you're back. Um, <laughs> no, I was just I like, mean, I, I never really had much of a desire to go on a cruise. And especially now, I'm just like, yeah, I think I'm good on never going on a cruise ever. Like, I think I'm just, I'm okay being out on that. Like, I'd rather like have a, a cesspool of, of disease. And I'm just like, nah, that's fine. I'm, I'm good. I'd rather have a quarter of the square footage and be on my own boat. <laughs> Next to the cruise ship? Yeah, it's just on you a just, sailboat. You just, <laughs> just tie a line and you're just like being drugged by the cruise ship. <laughs> it's like, I'm good. I'm good I mean, I'd probably not gosh. be near no. cruise ships, but. <laughs> They're so I, ugly, uh, too. The, the thing that's most attractive to me about cruise ships is <laughs> endless food, endless entertainment. And just, like, hanging out on the deck and being like, look at this ocean. Um, But a lot of the other stuff is not attractive to me. Like, the size of the rooms, the amount of time that you're in the middle of nowhere on a boat, and uh, dependent on that boat running without problems, uh, the clientele of cruise ships. So, like, those things are the ones that would keep me away from cruise ships in general. (laughs) But a Disney cruise, I'd be on board for a Disney God. cruise. <laughs> did, I ever, did I ever tell you guys when I was going to go to grad school, I this is like peak tyranny afraid of flying. I've gotten a bit better. Uh, and I was like, I don't want to do another transatlantic flight. And so I was looking into, you can uh, rent a room on a cargo ship. And so a cargo ship's going to Europe anyway. They're going to Ireland. Then you can, like, book a room on it. And there's usually only one or two. And you would be on the ship with all the crew. And I was like, oh, I'll just leave. And it'll take two weeks to get there. And then I told my friend, who's also afraid of flying, about this. And she just goes, oh, no. Have you ever heard of rogue waves? <laughs> <laughs> and then I flew instead. <laughs> god <laughs> um, there's no winning there's no winning there isn't yeah it's, i was so i was talking to my sister the other day and she was basically just like so uh i'm obviously everybody who's listening to this knows that the world is literally quite literally on fire um mm-hmm. has been for a year <laughs> for a while Australia but yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. um but we had in denver we had a stretch where on sunday it was literally raining ash from a fire it was like you could just see ash falling from the sky on monday it was 93 and sunny and on tuesday it was 36 and snowing and i was like this is fucking insane like i hate everything about this my sister was like yeah as all of this stuff keeps happening i think i'm just more and more convinced that i'd never want to leave my house ever again (laughs) and i was like yeah that seems fair like the only place that's like actually safe at this point is just your home (laughs) Although maybe Except right now I, I have to have all my windows closed or our house will smell like ash and smoke. Uh, so if, also if home you live is not <laughs> entirely safe right now either. We have if you live on the west ready. Coast. Yeah, we have like our evac bags ready and we're already like okay. So if we have to evacuate, we're gonna go to this place and like. So yeah, even home has become a treacherous landscape. Uh, in this time. Uh, I shouldn't be laughing, but... Yeah, we had All to do that do in Austra- when I went to Australia, too. We had an Man. escape route. Uh, and I've also, on my road trip, I ran into fire. This was like five years ago. I ran into fires in Northern California. And you're, like, diverted because of them. And it's like... Uh, uh. Yikes. <laughs> it's um, interesting, Speaking though. of escape plan... Anyway. <laughs> speaking of an escape plan... <laughs> I thought it was funny, and I don't think I got this the first time I watched Bottle Rocket, but they get fireworks to simulate, like, a car chase shootout, 
so it's like that's no why? one's actually pursuing. I think that's like that's what I could take from it because he's like leaning out of the window and they're like on their getaway to the hotel and then just firing fireworks and I was like I think this is oh. maybe to simulate the action or the feeling of like a high speed car chase where they're like in a shootout trying to escape but the best they could do is just like fireworks buy some fireworks <laughs> Well, those, yeah, they weren't even bottle rockets. They were, they were Roman candles. <laughs> yeah. I don't know my fireworks. I'm not an adept. No, I, like, that fireworks. was one thing that I thought of this movie. I was like, I feel like there aren't actually any bottle rockets here. Like, we should have called this movie Roman Candle. Roman Ford <laughs> Candle. Roman, Co- isn't his name Roman Ford Coppola? Yeah, I think so. I don't remember his, oh, Francis Ford Coppola, not oh. Roman. I would say Roman, it's just Roman, Roman Coppola. The Roman, which Roman would have been fine because he is a friend of, yeah. But I say Roman Coppola doesn't uh, join the Wes Anderson family until years later. Yeah. So, your, your joke is um, bad, Tierney. <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, let me I consult the, my I, notes here. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. I'm just derailing uh, things. No. I thought the yeah, that story was cute, and I thought she was very uh, endearing. Mm-hmm. I really liked that character. The problem was that because it, that had nothing to do with Mr. Henry, and we never get them together after the phone call that she has with Luke Wilson, where she's yeah. like, learned better English, and like they, she says, like, I love you, and he's like, yeah. Which I thought he was very cute in that scene where he's like so excited yeah. that she loves him. Uh, but, like, we never get to see more of a conclusion than that or, like, understand why she loves him now. It just feels like that is the biggest non-short storyline that was included in the feature that then you're like, okay, but this is, like, a like you could have written this in tandem with the other storyline so that, like, while Luke Wilson's pursuing Inez, Owen Wilson's going to town and, like, trying to prove to Mr. Henry that he's, like capable of getting a job with him and like tying it back to that but it's so like Dignan and Anthony Anthony and Inez Dignan and Anthony and then just the later heist and it all feels so separate and like it doesn't actually influence one or the like if uh, Anthony and Inez got together or not it doesn't make any difference for the final heist at all It just makes him, like, more on board to do something adventurous because he's feeling amped. But that felt so, like, separate, despite, I think, that being, like, a fairly charming part of the movie where it's just Anthony, like, proving that he really likes spending time with her and she, like, is excited about it, too. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought their whole... I mean, you nailed it. Like, this was clearly, like, we made a 20-minute short film. Now we have to make a 90-minute feature film. I Mm. guess we'll put a love story in there, because, like, that's what movies do. (laughs) So, like, it all felt super unnecessary. But, like, since it was in there, it was like, yeah, this is pretty cute. Um, And, like, I thought it was, like, really charming that they, like, basically, like, fell in love with each other literally just by proximity like they just enjoyed being in each other's company because they literally couldn't talk to each other (laughs) like um and so i thought that that was really cute but um i did another thing i really liked about the hotel was um when he when he goes down so when he first sees inez he's like swimming in the pool and like we've seen god knows how many underwater shots of people like figuring their shit out while they're like submerged in water. Um, and I thought that it was fun that this one, the water was just really murky and you like couldn't really see him at all. Um, and I thought that was like a really clever spin on that. Like, I mean, gross. Yes. Tyranny. <laughs> Again, but I don't it... like hotels. <laughs> um, I just thought that was like a, a fun spin on a well-worn trope. Um, that like he like the he jumps in and the camera goes under and you're expecting to see like with perfect clarity and you're just like oh is is he down here? Is there, like... <laughs> um, the I thought it was funny that they he Dignan is so uh, hard about 
the aliases, where he's like, "This, my name is Jerry, and this is my associate, whatever. <laughs> and, like, mad that Anthony gave his real name and, like, has people in their hotel room. Um, and then later, uh, I think, I couldn't tell if Dignan accidentally slips and says his name, or if Anthony calls him Dignan and doesn't care. And then Dignan looks at him like, come on, man. Like, we're supposed to have these aliases. <laughs> uh, and I just thought that was a very funny uh, <coughs> little touch. And it's very, like... A lot of the heist stuff feels like it later got explored more in Zisu, mm-hmm. where it's like A squad and B squad, and we've got these uniforms, and like we're gonna do this high octane like escape plan. But it's all very like they're all amateurs and they don't really know what they're doing. Um, and I feel like that was like this is the first exploration of that, of like them in uniforms doing something that's like ill-fated and like they don't entirely know how to do it i um which i thought was fun i think it's fun that you can trace a lot of the things to this movie like directly to other wes anderson movies like yeah a lot of this movie takes place in a motel and one of his movies is Uh, literally called the grand budapest hotel um and then i think so the scene where they are robbing um anthony's mom's house and it's just like that, like like you said, that like high octane, like frenetic energy where they're just kind of like running around and like there's the like the oldies music that's playing in the background, like felt very much like a scene from like Zisu, um, where they're yeah. like doing that same thing. So I think there's like as we've mentioned already, it's it's fun to see he's like starting to stretch these muscles a little bit, and then we get to see them perfected later on. Um But I think like that that first one where they're like robbing his uh, Anthony's mom's house. I was like, "Oh, oh, I see what you did there, Wes yeah. Anderson." <laughs> <laughs> the uh, was that James Con? It was Mr. James Con. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because I get him and uh, Corbin Burnson mixed up a lot. Corbin and Blue. I was like, "Is this?" <laughs> yeah, from uh, High School Musical. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I, I thought <laughs> and so glad he had a career uh, with Wes Anderson before high school music. He was also in The Godfather, wasn't he? Corbin Blue? Cor- Corbin Blue. Yeah. Yeah, he gets riddled with bullets at a checkpoint station. Um, but I was he Mr. also Henry the dad was- in Elf? Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm good continuing to play this game for a little bit longer. <laughs> uh, it's more fun I than the his... movie. Whoa! <laughs> Wes Anderson's listening to this. It's just not for me. Is never... all it is. <clears throat> well, um, quick update for the podcast. Like <laughs> the end. What? Uh, just quick update for people who are, are uh, listening in at home. Uh, Corbin Blue is 17 years younger than the godfather so <laughs> he was so in I utero don't think was gonna... i mean not even he wasn't even in utero to go out and parents were together yeah. <laughs> were, were his parents like four <laughs> oh wait that was 21 my math is off <laughs> i don't know i don't know how to do that math Eight, um, where they ate. Anyway, anyway, Mr. Henry's ponytail. Yes. Uh, when he's wearing that kimono, <laughs> and it's like kind of a top knot, but it's mostly just a ponytail. And you can only see it a couple times in shots where he's turning his head slightly. And I kept going, is it his ponytail? Is he a ponytail? I laughed so hard at that because, like, up until that point, you, you'd seen the picture of him. And then you'd, like, met him once or twice, but, like, that was it. And, like, every single time you'd seen him up to that point, I definitely wasn't paying enough attention. Um, but I I didn't notice the ponytail. And then when you finally see it, I was like, oh, fuck, has he had that this whole time? That's hilarious. That's so fucking funny. And then the final shot of, that you see of him in the movie when they're just, like, loading all of Bob's shit into the moving van. He doesn't have it anymore. I was like, oh, that was just a weird choice that you made for this weird party that you were throwing yeah. Even better. <laughs> I there's a really fast scene. It's like one and a half seconds of him playing piano 
and everyone just laughing in Bob's house, and he just goes, "Bob, you got a beautiful house," and they cut away <laughs> yeah. right away. So funny. That like scene is such a weird outlier because it like you aren't in that scene for more than that moment. It's one shot, it's one line, and then you're in and out. And I thought it was so funny. Just ha ha, Bob, you've got a beautiful house, and like playing the piano, and everyone like ha 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 ha. And then for that to be so that he could rob them later uh, was very funny to me. Uh, I think I only have two more things, and I'm going to do them quick so that we can say anything else. Two things uh, felt like Arrested Development uh, later used them of cock, oh, yeah. like the little like escape escape call and Dignan giving them a plan through the fence of how to break him out of prison and then being like, wait, what? What are you talking about? Which is exactly what Job... Job does both of those things. Uh, but especially like, okay, you're going to bring the stair car up and I'm going to jump onto the stair truck from this, this prison of like, he, Job is the one with all the schemes. Dignan has all the schemes. It felt very uh, similar in that fashion. And like, Royal Tenenbaums is such a close... Yeah. Uh, similar story to Arrest Development that I was like, oh... It's all the same. They're all friends. Um, really, but like, I did one other quick thing. Um, the Kaka reminded me. I really like the beginning, where like Dignan is just like flashing the little like mirror to try, and he's like, "Oh, is he is he gonna come?" And the the guy from the hospital is like, "Hey, well, you know, it's it's it was good to see you." And he's like, "Oh yeah, uh, my friend's got this whole thing. I need to make it look like I'm escaping. He doesn't know it's voluntary." And the guy was just like. Okay, fine. Just do it quick. Like, just it's whatever. It looks bad for <laughs> it just us. It doesn't look good for us. But then, like, it's so weird and funny that, like, while Dignan is like watching through the binoculars, he can see that there's like clearly another person in there. So, like, if he was escaping, it wouldn't have worked. And then he like climbs down, and then he's just like saying goodbye, like casually <laughs> saying goodbye to everyone as he leaves, and like that doesn't trigger him to think it's weird. I thought that whole setup was really funny. And then the I payoff was too. of like, oh, you got the janitor to clean up after you. Great move. Great move. <laughs> yeah. Any trouble after seeing him be like, bye. I did enjoy um, that part. I that was, yeah. Uh, I think my favorite line was delivered by the actor who later went on to play Pagoda. Pagoda! In Royal Tenenbaums, of when they're breaking into the cold storage. <laughs> and Applejack runs one way. And uh, what is... I can't remember his name in this, but Pagoda is running... Oh, he's just Kumar Owen in this. Kumar. And he's with Owen Wilson. He goes, who's that man? Who's that man? And he's like, what? That's Applejack. But that line killed me. I just, who's that man? In the middle of a heist. After we've seen them together multiple scenes. And he's just like, I don't know who that is. That whole, like, final heist sequence is just so absurd. <laughs> like, it's just all such a gigantic mess. And, like, Kumar clearly has no idea what he's doing at any point. And the fact that they, like, find him just standing there in the freezer later. Just, like... You're, you're just sitting down? I don't know. I, I couldn't do it. Um, and then for, for Applejack to have a heart attack and, like... <laughs> Bob to be like, I was alone down there. I didn't want to be alone in that room. Why do you, why do I have to be alone? Like everyone is so bad at this. I thought that was very funny, but especially who's that man? Who's that man? Well, I got really excited. Cause like Kumar, I don't think was a part of the picture. Like the, like the photo, um, he was, that he Dignan kept showing. Right. Was he? Okay. I yeah. just didn't notice him. So like when he like finally popped up, like in the movie, I was like, Pagoda. <laughs> oh shit! And then he has a line in this movie where he says, "There it is," which is basically the exact same as Royal Tenenbaums. He's like, "There he goes." <laughs> it, it made me so happy. <laughs> I was like, "Good oh, on you, Wes, for bringing this guy back to do basically the same thing." <laughs> I love him so much. He crushes every role he's in. <laughs> oh, that's the last time I let you stab me. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Um. <laughs> That's all the notes I have. Uh, I just thought it was a, I thought it was a fun movie. Again, I think it's the lowest ranked of my Wes Anderson movies. Uh, maybe above Isle of Dogs. Isle of Dogs is to, really bad. It's just boring and gross. And bad. It's just a bad movie. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> this one at least is like 
typical, <coughs> mostly typical Wes Anderson. But yeah, I will say I did, and we talked a little bit about this in the Royal Tenenbaums one. Wes Anderson is just so much now, and I still like it. It's still fun, but it was nice to have like a little bit of like, oh, like these are mostly real people and this is mostly a real place. And this is mostly not a hundred percent whimsy, um, which like, again, I, it's not that I dislike his whimsical stuff, but it's like, especially I think if you were to watch like this movie and then immediately watch the trailer for the French dispatch, you'd be like, what the fuck? I would say Darjeeling (laughs) limited is pretty not whimsical. I'm sure. Fantastic Mr. Fox is based on true events. So, I don't know what your, <laughs> your problem is. I've had a bogus Bunsen beans uh, cider pie. That is oh, easily no, his no. best movie, and I will fight people for it. Oh, no, You're man. so nuts. Fantastic <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Fox is good, but it's not his well, best. No. Say, Tierney's, Tierney's opinion is clearly tainted, because we all know how much she loves Roald Dahl. So. I do like Roald Dahl. Who? I thought it was Raul Julia. Okay. Oh. <laughs> what if you get? What are we She's doing? She's not going to entertain now? that. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, like the the one that jumped out to me, which seems the most obvious, is just <laughs> Anthony's drawing of Inez riding the <laughs> fucking <Yeah>. horse, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> with like the little sparks flying off. Of that's what I was going to say, yeah. Literally, like, so early in the movie, you find out that Anthony has, like, a literal grade school-aged, do- like, sister. <laughs> like, this drawing, which is not to say that I could do any better. I am very much not artistically inclined. But, like, this drawing that he does 100% looks like it could have been done by his younger sister. It's so bad. And he's so proud he's of it. so proud see of with it. the sparks coming out. <laughs> Um, I have the the uh, this movie on Criterion Blu-ray, and that's like that picture is one of the things in the booklet. <laughs> and I was flipping through it last night after I watched it, and I just started giggling to myself. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, thank God!" <laughs> also, weird sidebar. Uh, any guesses who wrote? So there's two essays in this one. Usually, Criterion has an essay or two. Um, any guesses who wrote one of them? Dave Eggers. I don't know. Martin Scorsese Whoa. <laughs> wrote, wrote one he of the essays. He does like for, this movie. He loves this movie. Yeah. It's so, so weird. Uh, would, crime. Would not have expected that when I was like, I was like flipping through. I was like, oh, okay. Um, and then James L. Brooks wrote the other one, which that, oh, cool. that feels a little bit more appropriate. Um, yeah. But. Also, uh, I watched this with my roommate, Hannah, and her favorite line in the movie I think would also work in tandem with a tattoo is if you got the yellow jumpsuit and just had underneath it, you look like a little banana, (laughs) which is a very funny line. That's probably my favorite. I think any scene with future man is my favorite scene in the whole movie. That's why I don't understand why, why he is the Wilson brother that didn't get a career because he's so good. (laughs) He's the Adam Scott and stepbrothers in this movie, but Um, better. Yeah, because he's, he's so funny. <laughs> Wait, Adam Scott I and think... Step Brothers is hilarious. But he's, it's like a I hate you type of thing, whereas Future oh, yeah, Man is fair. just like goofy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. You look like a little banana. <laughs> uh, which I also think there were moments of this where if it was remade by anyone, I think it would work great as a Taika movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think he could find You're humor in better, moments yeah. that feel a little flat. <laughs> in this be a but lot like, better but yeah like future man and him riding that bike is very eagle versus shark of like yeah well i wasn't even serious <laughs> i gotta rewatch uh, that one it's, it's yeah. been a while hell yeah um i'd probably uh, hang didn't out win any this. awards oh yeah oh. oh no yeah i i'd probably oh, hang out that, are you sure that, that, it's that, texas that, you hate that. texas but i get to hang out with luke wilson and that hotel looked cool. Oh, I forgot about the hotel. <laughs> Camp in the field outside. <laughs> <laughs> Tierney literally just sleeps on the ground outside. <laughs> it's probably cleaner. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it looks like Inez was doing a very thorough job. Like, yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she yeah, may not have been wearing shoes if... while she was doing it. But like... <laughs> if, if, if it's just full of people 
sleeping there all the time. I'd rather sleep on a ground that people probably haven't slept on than on a bed that someone slept on the night before. <laughs> it's just the way I, think, I am. Yeah, you got to do you, girl, and that's fine. Um, I think I would probably hang out on this set. It's like it wouldn't be my favorite Wes Anderson set to hang out on, but like this, it seems like it would be a pretty fun hang. I'd do um, it. And, like, yeah. the crew, like, the cast is all super small. And, like, you can tell that they're all, like, good friends outside of this movie. <laughs> like, so I think it would just be, like, a fun, like, social experiment to just, like, hang out with them for a little bit. Even yeah. if it happens to take place in Texas. But also, this version of Texas looked a lot better than most other versions of Texas I've seen. And it didn't look like this was, like, 100 plus degrees which is another thing that I'm usually not interested in re-Texas. So, um, yeah. yeah, this movie didn't get nominated for anything and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I would, yeah, any category. Yeah. I will say this, and this is going to be about the podcast. Uh-oh. I think while Nashville may have been uh, a, a choice that none of us really enjoyed uh, that Tierney picked accidentally, meaning to pick the player. I think <laughs> Collins had consistently quick. the most mediocre yeah. because they're all the ones that you haven't seen of directors, which means that they're the least compelling to see of those directors. Yeah. Which is Except fair. Except for Incendies. Yeah. I liked Incendies. I agree. I thought Incendies was great. I, was, I, think I think there's some like. Insomnia was bad. <laughs> <laughs> Bottle Rockets. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Bunch Rock Love is good too. That's true. I was and gonna Jackie say, Brown's gonna be good. There's some there's some like good stuff in there. It's just like yeah, I mean it makes sense, right? Like if it's yeah stuff that I haven't seen, but I've seen almost all of their other stuff, like yeah, of course the one that I haven't seen is gonna be the one that's probably not as noteworthy. Right. Which like is fine. But I think like it's fun to like talk about it and talk about directors. And have Tierney be confused about what movies they've made. So that's always fun. <laughs> and horrified by the rank you put them in. <laughs> I was going to uh-huh. say. Um, so what ha- What have you guys been up to this week? Um, I'll, I'll go, because I just mostly watch stuff. Why, uh, Why aren't watch... you going outside and hanging out outside? You know, I'm a homebody. <laughs> And also, the sky's on fire. Um, but I saw a tweet I, the other day that was like, "We've officially reached this like the uh, will this mask that helps stop the spread of a deadly disease also help me stop like stop me from inhaling deadly ash like stage of 2020." I was like, "Dope." And the, and the answer is no. <laughs> Everyone is saying no. Yeah, it turns out it, the 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 year is like an Oreo. Where you have deadly catastrophic fire filled with the white garbage in the middle of the year, followed by another deadly fire, and then just smushed between the two. Yeah. Uh, it's a real double stuffed. I'm a yeah. little nervous about what the last three and a half months of this year are going to be based on your your analogy More here. cream? <laughs> <laughs> the milk that you dip it into. Oh, oh God. God. Also, I will not allow <laughs> I you to just because <laughs> I don't know what milk represents in this I know, year. I was going to say, what, like, what the election? <laughs> if the election is milky, which is actually a line in Blade Runner twenty forty nine of uh, things from that era are uh, milky white or uh, something milky. Nailed it. Thick milky, thick milky. And oh, like, what does that mean? And then maybe at the uh, end of the year we'll get a black hole, and the planet Earth will just be sucked inside, and that'll signify someone's mouth eating the Oreo. Honestly, uh, at this point, like bring it on, spaghettify me. <laughs> Spaghetti. Spaghetti. Um, Spaghetti. Uh, I also, I also have been watching Raised by Wolves. Uh, I've watched all five episodes so far of Raised by Wolves. Five? Didn't it just start like the other day? They dropped three episodes last weekend and two episodes on Thursday. And uh, there's only ten episodes total, so they're really pop- trucking through. Jesus. Uh, and in those five episodes, I'm not entirely sure where we're headed. But it's fun. Uh, and I think the first episode is really cool. Uh, but yeah, I don't know exactly where we're going now. Uh, but it's cool. And it's like weird hard sci-fi and you get the milky robots 
from Ridley verse movies of just like his weird androids. Uh, so that's been good. Uh, I started watching Primal, which is Gendy Tartakovsky's uh, animated show that was on Adult Swim, and now it's on HBO Max. And it's so cool, and there's no dialogue, and it's so well animated. Uh, so I've been enjoying that. And God, uh, what else have I done? Nothing. And then I, I've been choking on ash fumes, <laughs> and that's about it. God, what a nightmare. <laughs> Yeah. What's everyone else? <laughs> oh, sorry, everyone. Matt literally just died on the podcast. <laughs> um, I haven't been up to much because uh, my family's still in town, so I've just been hanging out with them. But uh, I did finally watch the the final season of Shit's Creek, and it was very, very good. That show is just oh, so wonderful. Good. And um, if you haven't watched it, I strongly recommend. It's very like it's just very pleasant. Uh I feel like it's it reminds me a lot of Parks and Recreation in that it's just like a slice of of small town, like a weird small town. Um but like the characters are all really like fun and endearing and annoying in like not you know, they're like annoying in fun and quirky ways. Um but yeah, so I finally finished the the final season of that and it was really good. Um, and I've just been still watching Ted Lasso, which is still really good. And people who have bought free shit from Apple recently, get on it. Because <laughs> what else are you using that free year of Apple TV Plus for? <laughs> um, but yeah, I haven't really been up to much. Uh, there was something else that I was going to say, and then I totally forgot about it. So clearly it wasn't that important. <laughs> yeah. I watched mm. only one thing this week. Uh, I watched... Lovecraft Country. Oh, like, shit, that's right. Uh, it was too spoopy for It you. was so scary. And <laughs> you guys were spot on where, like, the aliens aren't aren't that scary. Oh, my headphones. Uh, the aliens aren't that, aren't that scary, but pop-outs scare me. Uh, but it's the, like, setting and the tension of the whole episode was, like, I was wrecked by the time the aliens came from, like, <laughs> the Sundown County chase and, like, uh, the a scene diner. in the diner. With the, the diner girl. scene was Ugh. brutal. It's also <laughs> scary, and uh, I couldn't sleep that night. Oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you're not, don't keep watching. It's not worth it for you. I, it's it really only gets good, more though. and more, I know, but it only gets more and more scared, like, focused on... Like the horror the scares and adventure rather than like i like in the pilot i just love the moment of like uh tick like playing in the fire hydrant water and like being in the neighborhood and letty being this like cool singer girl like and i just love uncle george and like i feel like it is slightly diminished returns after that but the first episode has so many great moments like that i also just love letty in the diner going, we gotta get the fuck out of here! I like her. <laughs> You're like, get out! Go, 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 and go, And then go. she has to run through the forest. I thought that was really good, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, I think I need to watch it during daylight hours, and then it'll be I okay. I would say that's fair. That seems yeah. right. Or, like, watch something after to, like, like... Like a palate cleanser? It just, just, just something, like, even, like, a, a YouTube video of, like, Harry Styles... Or, or like a music video or something. <laughs> like I texted you guys, but like my, I went to bed and my abs and my glutes were all still clenched. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I couldn't fall asleep. And then I woke up a lot too. Um, oh no. But very good. I mean, it goes to show it's a good show, you know. I'll yeah. keep watching yeah. it. Just, just not right before bed. I'm too Smart. much of a wuss. Yeah. The third episode has a lot of ghosts oh and like possession okay i'll skip that one that's okay you can also skip it and it's fine <laughs> i was gonna so s- episodic I, yeah because i so i've only watched the first two episodes um and i've gotten from matt that it's not necessarily worth j- jumping back in i mean i'll probably will watch it at some point yeah. but um we'll see where it goes but right i have heard that it's, it's pretty little... episodic not just from you, Matt, but, like, from everybody. So, like, I feel like you could probably skip one. Having not seen it, it seems like it's probably a safe bet. I yeah. just know that but I cannot watch, watch those, so. Possessions yeah. and ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
All right. Well, uh, this has been fun. Uh, this is probably the worst conversation we've had about a movie, but I had a good time talking to you guys. So. I think it might be our <laughs> most fun conversation. Yeah. And will... because probably we had a we had to find something else to talk about besides Bottle Rocket. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Uh, what are we watching next week? Uh, so it's Matt's pick next week, and it is Victoria. Oh shit! I forgot that that was. It's that. what? A, Victoria. It's a single shot movie. The whole movie's one. Oh time. fuck! Is that the one where they go to the club in Berlin? Yeah. Uh, that was at the Berlinale when I was there. They won. Woo! They did eight takes. Yeah. Wow. Victoria. Yeah, I'm really excited about it, and I haven't seen it, but I, I think it was at the Chicago International Film Festival, and people loved it there too. So. Twenty fifteen. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. Brilliant yeah. one. Oh, you guys know how much of a sucker I am for tracking shots. Even if they're not actually one single shot, they're just like edited to look like it. It's extremely my shit. So Yeah. Like and we'll talk more about my Yeah. We'll talk more about my uh qualifiers for a good tracking shot, a good long take next week. Uh, because I've got opinions, but I'm excited to see what this movie does. <laughs> is one excited. of them is one of them that they're overrated because Paul Thomas Anderson could do it in his sleep. One hundred percent. Because that's a direct <laughs> quote from you. I was gonna say. Yeah. I feel like I've heard that before. <laughs> yep. And I still I stand by I stand that. By and I stand by that. Do you, uh, do, you real... know, do you know what else he can do in his sleep? Oh yes. No. What? <laughs> I'm finished? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna stop recording. <laughs>